0: and gentlemen, welcome to The Fighting Goat, Episode 12, where we had a great Episode 11 with none other than Ritu Fogart. But this time, it's just Team Chips and Team Kamra and we'll take you through exciting week that was Chips. Hit it up from here. Oh man, it's so good to be back. You know, Episode 12, we're on The Fighting Goat. We've been listening to The Fighting Goat. We've had a lot of people that came in and wrote into to us. About uh, so many things uh, with regards to the fighting board, especially the team challenges. And so, we're going to mix up a little few things for you here today. And hopefully, in the future, the team challenges will be face to face. That's something to look forward to. <laughs> uh, but, man, so what a week it was, though. You know, we, we look at we had two great fight cards. We right. had one FC's Dangal that took place in Singapore right. on the 15th uh, of May. And we had the UFC 262, which uh, took place. Uh, I, in uh, I think was it it's in was it in Vegas or was it in Texas? It was in the Toyota Arena in Houston, Texas. Ah, in Texas. Well, that explains the wild crowd because during the Lando Vanatta <laughs> fight, there was a brawl in the stands. Yes, there was. I mean, I, you know, it's it's expected, man. It's Texas, so <laughs> you know, you know, going back to those old days of pride, you know, where people fought more in the crowds than in the yeah. audience, you know? So, <laughs> oh, I remember those, man. I, I yeah. remember, so, you know, fans get. Uh it's not even unruly, it just happens, you know. It just, it's just is the excitement sometimes that can get the better of you. Or somebody must have said, and that's what happened. Yeah. But chips, man, you know, one championship, heavyweight contender, Arjun Singh Bolar, Indian origin, Canadian born. But man, he's a new heavyweight champion. Do we have a local heavyweight champion? No, I mean. We never really, we've never even, even in organizations like Super Fight League, Super yeah. Boxing League. I mean, um, we, we, we've seen heavyweight talent, but I think this is India's first heavyweight that has gone abroad and proven his mettle in, in international waters, in a tough organization against a tough contender in Brandon Vera. Yeah, exactly. Look, and he, and he, did a good, he did a great job. You know, Brandon Vera, former UFC fighter, is no joke. Yes, he's 43 years old, but so what, man? You know, beating a fighter in the heavyweight category in itself is an achievement. And man, we are so proud of him. Arjun Singh Bular, kudos to you. We are so proud of you back here. Absolutely. 1.4 billion strong. Absolutely, man. Arjun Singh Bular, if you're hearing this, now you know where to come. Now you know who to reach out to. (laughs) And speaking of people who are going to reach out to us, we've got a surprise for... Maybe maybe in the next episode or the next episode, but we've got uh, perennial one FC contender Gurdarshan Gary Mangat, who won his last fight as well against Rosham Mainam. Yes, he is gonna be on the fighting goat with that us. That is I cannot wait for this gentleman <laughs> to come on. He's so exciting, he's a great guy. But yeah, our previous guest, Ritu Fogart, could not make a chips. No man, I know it's you know, it's it's uh, it's you know, we we've said it on the fighting goat more than once <clears throat> that. Whenever we pick somebody to win, they've won. Yeah. And uh, I think our uh, winning streak there has ended. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's so disappointing, no? And simultaneously, it was the first loss for Team Chips after what seems like. A <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. I mean, you know what the funny part is? If you listen to last week's episode, I actually said it that I have a feeling I might be losing. <laughs> so if is, if, if that so your prediction is it prediction of you losing actually came right exactly so technically it should be six zero you know if you look at it that way <laughs> no but this is, see this see this is the fighting goat and not the prediction goat so when truth, it, yeah. yeah you know so when it comes to the fighting goat you pick on the fight you, predict you won one there's a lot of backlog <laughs> well see you know uh, <laughs> there was you know there was a time uh, between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand one when Ajit Agarkar scored seven consecutive ducks in Australia. And in the eighth test match, when he scored his first run, he put his bat up like he made a century. So honestly, that is my state of mind right now. And then he got seven more ducks, right? <laughs> in his backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> so it's the, same, it's the same thing with you now. <laughs> it's exactly. you won one and now let's see what happens. But you know, that it's, you know we, we do this for fun. You know, man, it's, it's so much fun. The, it, there's no real, you know, th- that's the funny part, man. You can't predict the sport. You right. just cannot. It is the most impossible thing to do. And we'll get to those aspects when we get to, you know, the UFC lightweight new champion and the fights that took place uh, on that card. But we right. look at the entire one FC card, man, what a way forward. That Dangal card was such a stepping stone because it aired on Star Sports in India. Yeah. It aired on Hotstar on the on the OTT platform app. And it was such a it was such a success because so many Indian people tuned in to see not just Ritu Fogat, but also Arjun Singh Bullar, also Roshan Mainam, also Gurdarshan Gary Mangat. So there was a lot of representation locally. Absolutely, yes. And in fact, uh, even, even the CEO Chhatri actually spoke about it and he said that we have named a card after the Indian fighters, because we want to tap that market. And man, what a job they are doing such, such a, such a positive way forward for the Indian MMA scene. I mean, I, I just, I just cannot wait for this organization to tap into the Indian market and get into India, you know, maybe, maybe develop talent, see as to how it comes up, you know, amateur leagues. There's so much that can be done. I think I think that is a plan, you know. I mean, there has to be a plan eventually, Somesh, right. because um, anybody who shows interest in a country, like uh, I, I mean, you know, you talked me through. This, I remember, we were you and I were having a, a drink the other day, and we were having this conversation about uh, how when you went to China for the first time, yeah. and you saw UFC's performance institute, which was like what, uh, like some ninety thousand square foot. Oh no! Uh, so I went to the one in uh, Vegas. You what? went. Oh, you went. To, you went to the one in Vegas. But yeah. but I think. But I think. But what I was talking about is that Performance Institute, though, which yeah. opened in Shanghai, yeah. was a way for the UFC to start figuring out local talent. Absolutely yes. And they Absolutely, started yes. getting that kind of talent from the country. And right. I I think some I think guys like One FC. Do you think I I really think you know I think guys like Chatri and Dana and all these guys they they cannot overlook a market like India for too long. No chance. It's just it's just about. It's just about grooming the right talent and putting them on a platform where they'll perform and eventually, you know, kind of grow from them. See, because as, as a financial model, it makes absolute sense for them because see, they are on TV. It's one of the biggest audiences out here. I mean, if you only look at China and India combined, I think we're probably 40, 45% of the world's population. And you know, (laughs) even if we tap into like a small percentage of that, I think that's a very good market for these guys. And you know, why not? Because the 2019 BARC report said that there were a hundred million viewers to UFC live shows in 2019
1: from India.
0: That's see, That's that's and 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 it's increasing. You know, I mean, when you know, yeah, uh, when when guys like Brock Lesnar came into oh, the yes. UFC, the the views just went up.
1: Absolutely. Then
0: when guys like Conor McGregor, who made the sport, who took the sport to another level in terms of the PR and marketing ability, and kind of you know that that his entire uh, Instagram profile, the Mac Life, yeah, where you know he he shows off his bling and his and his training and his hard work and everything and it kind of has set a pattern in india where a lot of people have started following him and because of following him the ufc got so many eyeballs and imitating him also and of course imitating him so many guys try to imitate <laughs> the king man <laughs> yeah. but but the one fc as well with the amount of pr that they did especially yeah. with you know the apprentice which is still airing on tv yeah. and uh, which you know which has ritu fogarth had uh, neeraj puran Singh, uh Puran Rao, sorry, my mistake, mm-hmm. Neeraj, sorry, you can hit me later. Yeah. Uh, were you like I, were you thinking about Archana Puran Singh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched some show yeah, and I saw Archana Puran Singh also. There's a story about that also one day I'll tell you. <laughs> but anyway, coming back. So it's it's I think the organizations that are being very smart about it. Yeah. And yeah. and 1 FC is being incredibly smart about it. And there are even organizations like brave. I was talking to uh, Mohammed Shahid, who is uh, running, basically running brave. He's a former right. fighter. He's a, he's a great fighter. He fought in super fight league and, and many other organizations. And he was telling me the same thing. It's the, it's, you know, of course, since it's a Middle Eastern organization, their, their focus is right now on Middle Eastern fighters, but that they want to bring brave to India. They want to come to India. Right. And, uh, and um, I think the same thing, that, that was the same plan Kubite One League had as well. Yes. Yes. You see, uh, in fact, it's not, you know, it's not rocket science. I mean, where you have the crowds, hmm. the biggest organizations want to be there. And True. the fact that India has such a rich purchasing power at this point of time makes it a market that they cannot ignore. Because see, you know, maybe maybe about 30 years back, uh you know people of your age group and my age group would you know maybe be parents and you know kind of struggling to make ends meet and yeah, yeah. you know stuff like that but right now i think times have changed disposable income uh has become a thing that everybody has and mobile internet has such good penetration in india and it's not expensive so i just see this as a win-win situation for organizations to come in uh, like Sony has Sony Live, Disney has Hotstar. So honestly, Dude, even, you know, even if you don't have a cable connection, yeah. you can watch everything on your mobile phone at what as low as one ninety nine a month. So you know it's not like the American pay per view model, which is like seventy dollars per fight. We probably pay seventy dollars for the entire year of cable uh, subscription. It, it, you know, you know, it's it's so funny that you say that because uh, two weeks back we watched Canelo versus Saunders, yeah. and I watched it on the Dizone app. Yeah. And the Dizone app is like something like uh, what? Uh, 500 bucks a year. Yeah. A year. Which is not in $10. Who basically. is, I mean, that's not even funny. Yeah. That's like, that's like those, that's like, like uh, you, I mean, if you're a fan, you would not think at all. I mean, as a fan, I wouldn't think if it was $50, but to penetrate a market, that is such a great rate. And, dis, you know, companies like Dizone are smart. Right. And right. company and, and you know, so is the UFC because they tied up to do with Sony, to do right. all the pay-per-views free and we don't pay a dime here. I mean, all you gotta do is maybe buy like a like a digital subscription. Basically, you have to have like a Tata Sky or a Etel or a whatever Which is to be 30, able to see it. 30 bucks a month or something. Which is like nothing. I think it's like <laughs> with, with the Tata Sky plus it's like Why are we giving Tata Sky so much of PR? I mean, like this, I mean <laughs> This segment was brought to you by Tata Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to speak to our producers and find out that after listening to this, they can pitch this part, you yeah. know, like have said, okay, this You see UFC content. Sakte ho. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a jingalala segment of the day. <laughs> and coming back to the jingalala segment, I mean, 1FC, great card. And then we move, we slide over to UFC 262. Which was uh, which was historic because it took one thousand one hundred and thirty-two days for a new champion to be crowned in that lightweight division. Oh, Khabib man. Magomedov had ruled it for that long. Very true, and in fact, if Khabib wanted, he would have ruled it for another one thousand one hundred and thirty-three days. Yeah, but he's because- also pakod, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, (laughs) well, yes, but you know, I guess it was more of the mother's sentimental value that came in the picture, you know, and after his, you know, after his dad passed on, he just didn't want to continue. But man, what, what a great statistic, you know, 1132 days later, we have a new champion. It could have been the opponent, like Chandler could have won it, man. Don't even say that. He was, he was so (laughs) close to finishing it, but you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like the entire the entire Dan Hooker situation came in front of his eyes, my eyes, everybody's eyes. And he just didn't finish it. And round I, two, man, he came back 19 seconds and finished it off. And you know, 11 years in the UFC, Charles de Bronx Oliveira is the new lightweight champion. It's so funny. You know, when you look at the statistics, he came to the UFC. Charles Oliveira was 20 years old when the UFC signed him. Yeah. And he is now 31. He, it took him 11 years to complete that journey where he saw so many ups, so many downs. He saw, I think he saw even a three fight scale where he had lost three fights in a row. Yeah, He saw, yeah. he, he, he saw, he saw so many, so much of adversity Yes, and it was such a beautiful moment. You know, I think you see, look, I, you know, we both root, rooted for our own fighters. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, Michael Chandler has been a former champion. Yeah, Michael Chandler has been Bellator champion. He's seen adversity himself. Three-time Bellator champion, so he kind of lost one, lost one, lost one, three times. Exactly, you know, and that was at featherweight, and he moved up to lightweight. Yeah, then came so close to capturing the gold. But you know what? That is not like I, I don't I don't I don't want to sound insensitive by saying this, but I think Charles has put in the time. He is. It's his time. It's his time. Well, it's his moment now. You see, you know what? What you're saying is spot on because it is. It's definitely for the sport. I believe Charles totally deserved it. But you know, there's also a marketing business angle to it. Of course, you know, Dana Dana likes these stories. He wants to paint pictures. And imagine if Chandler in his second UFC fight in one of the worst divisions, like 155 pounds, one of the scariest divisions in the entire roster, he would have come and in the second fight, he was this close to smashing Charles Oliver's 11 year UFC career out of the park. I mean, what a picture that would have been, man, this guy, this guy would have been the next corner. See, Charles is great, of course, but Chandler can also talk absolute crap, but he does it well. He does it with respect. True, true. You know, it's not trash. I mean, he's just making, it's like what Connor likes, sorry, what Chael Soren likes to say, I make observations. <laughs> Situations that don't exist. But <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love Chael. Nobody beats Chael, man. No chance. Yeah, nobody he's, beats. He's a great guy. But, but yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it would have been picture perfect if if Chandler would have won it. But if you it's see the way it went down, man. yeah, it's just it's just he got so close. I remember it was. I think there was a minute and a half remaining, and he landed that flurry which sent Oliveira to the mat. Yeah, covering up, buckling, trying to survive. And in my head, I was screaming expletives at the TV. I was cursing the TV saying, back away. Yeah, Let him yeah. stand. Do not. But you know what? It's, dude, it's, you know, is when you're in there, you don't think straight. Your adrenaline Correct. is is all over the place. True. And like you said yesterday on, we were talking on The Ultimate Guide. We dissected the shit out of this fight. And we talked about how, how it's just, you know, he related it to the Dan Hooker situation. Mm-hmm. he couldn't think of anything else and he just had to do that you know you know what happens when you're when you're put in an adverse situation you know your instinct takes over your gut takes over hmm. you you may not really think of strategies and plans and I need to back off when you're there and you're going for the kill hmm. honestly you can't blame the guy he he went there he must have thought of his son and his wife and you know what all he's worked for all these hmm. years you know mm-hmm. and he said yes this is the moment i have to finish it and He just had to go for the kill. But, you know, honestly, sometimes to finish off a fight, you need to take one step back and then, you know, like go all a second blazing. Yeah, I just, I think he just got overexcited. I think, I think because he just went crazy, he got overexcited. And, you know what? That's not the end of his, you know, he, it's not like he had some lopsided loss. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was close. It was very close, man. I mean, Charles had to fight for that victory. Well, Charles Oliveira even got his back. And Chandler fought oh that God. off. That was, that was just messed up the way he just. It got was a out body of, triangle. It was, you know, it's it's so difficult to get out of Charles Oliveira's body triangle. No, no it's so difficult to get out of a body triangle. Let's start yeah. there. <laughs> Forget Charles Oliveira body triangle. That's you just know? like that's like saying it's like it's like it's hard to win a race on wet roads, let alone win a race against Schumacher. Exactly, exactly. You know, but this guy <laughs> fought all of that off. And in fact, he was putting the pressure on Oliveira. Normally, it's Oliveira who puts the pressure on his opponents. Chandler was stepping on the gas versus him. And it's, man, in round two, something—it just—it just happened. You know, it's Oliveira's instinct took over, and and Chandler made Chandler got caught. He got caught badly coming. Yeah, yeah. And he got caught badly coming, and it's okay. Everybody can get caught. It's all right. It's, it's not the end of the world. And he was so classy in defeat. But, right. you know, it's such a muddled up picture now because the fight before this one was the main event with Tony Ferguson yeah. and Benil Dariush. And we both bet on, you know, maybe the resurgence of Ferguson. Because you remember when Max Holloway dropped two fights, three fights. He lost yeah. to Poirier. He lost to uh, uh, Volkanovski twice. Yeah. And he had lost three fights himself. Yeah. yeah. And then we saw the resurgence of Max Holloway. Oof. He put a beating on Calvin Qatar like Qatar owed him money. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a. I know it's not a nice thing to say, but it's just I have no other way of describing the savagery. Yeah, it was. He looked like a Bhavandri Tufan that day. <laughs> but know? yeah, see, no, it also comes down to age, and you know, see, the thing how that, old is how old is Max? Yeah, Max is also only, no? thirty something only. 31 years old. Yeah. He's 31. Yeah. 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 He's oh, young. I thought he was around 35, 36. No, no, no. I think, uh, I think he's about 30, 31. So he's quite young, but okay, at the same okay. time, you know, the, the corner, the corner of Tony Ferguson, you know, where he had his coaches, he, he had got Freddie Roach for this camp to work on his boxing. And, you know, all all his videos, you know, I mean, you can just, you know, kind of get onto his Instagram, you can see the videos, the videos were, you know, all these slicing elbows and the nice technique and his head movement. What Where was, was it? Man? It just did transition into the fight. There I don't know. You know, there. it's, it's you know, it's a little later, we're going to be talking about the psychology of, of fighting. And, yeah. And it's, you know, it's, I think, you know, a lot of people, a lot of negativity from the press that comes. Yeah. In, I firstly, I fucking hate social media. Okay. I, I completely despise <laughs> it. I do it only because I have to do it. Right. Otherwise personally, I don't care if I want to sh- share a picture of my coffee in the morning with the rest of the world. I really yeah. don't care. <laughs> and I'm, and I, I'm sorry, I'm an 80s kid. dude. I was born yeah. in 83 and, and I I just, yeah. it, it's just in it, social media doesn't come naturally to me like they do for the other young kids now. Correct. correct. And And it's just, it's, you know, it's already hard to lose. It's hard to lose. It's hard to lose for a proud fighter. Yeah. But when somebody comes up to you and asks your boss in front of you, like, do you think you're done? Do you think you're washed up? I mean, could you be more rude? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could you? it's it's not right, man. It's not right. It's to not, do that. It's not, you know, I mean, it's just not right. But the thing is that, see, you know what the, the media exposure has changed so drastically over the last pack 10 of years. Vultures. Yeah. You know well, that jokes. that there are that there are more people who are looking at your possible downfall because that makes a good story. Yeah, but come on, since no? when did that become the 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 focal point of anything, man? I mean, if tomorrow today we don't celebrate the fact that Rocky lost to Drago. We celebrate yeah. the fact that Rocky won despite everything going wrong. Yeah, true, true. But again, you know, that's a seventies eighties movie. You know, so so the yes. narrative, you know, the narrative was very different from what it is right now. And I just, I just feel that sometimes, you know, like the game, the game up there is so competitive that you need to be bulletproof 24 hours in front of the media. You know, there's no, there's no showing off. You just, you just need to be so, so, so calm, composed and these things shouldn't get in your head. But you know, after a while, if you keep knocking, you know, after a while, if you keep knocking, you know, uh, the ice is going to crack. So I, just- I mean, look at, look at guys like Rampage. I mean, he snapped back at Ariel Halbani had, yeah. uh, has, had, had those questions. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he loves to ask those questions directly because that's what gets you the hits on your channel and whatnot. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what the, even the media does everywhere. It's just to get the numbers. And, yeah. and, and, it's you know, Rampage got up and said, it's like, I'm not going to answer your questions yeah. because I know what you're trying to do. Exactly. And Jones also did the same thing. He's like, I don't want to answer. I'm, I remember, I think it was, it was Bonhoeffer who was asking uh, Jones a couple of questions. And Jones is like, I will talk to anybody but you. (laughs) But you know what? See, the thing is that, that, that era of fighters was very different. You know, like right now, everybody wants to be a nice gentleman and wear the suit and, you know, be nice and answer everybody in an ethical manner. But, hmm. you know, those, I mean, if you, you know, if you ask Conor these questions, he's probably going to back answer you. He's going to laugh. Who the f- is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, but that's good. You know, that's it. That's that's what I, that's what I think. And I think Tony with that loss, he's now lost third and Benil Dariush, man. I mean, there's nothing to say about him. It's, it's, by the way, for the, for the news report, uh, the medical reports came back. It, Tony, because of the heel hook, that was applied in round number two. He's torn his knee Oof. for the second time at the age Man. of 38. And it's gonna take him six months to a year to come back now. After yep. That. Yep. And I, uh, I certainly wish he doesn't come back because I pretty much feel his time is up. Uh he doesn't need to go on a Donald Cerrone losing streak to kind of prove his legacy. It's what it's what even Daniel Cormier said, no, it's it's um. You can be wild. Remember remember this fighter called um, uh Keith Jardine. Oh, yes. oh yes, back in the day. I mean like he is one of the fighters who outpointed Chuck Liddell even. Who I remember Keith Jardine. And I remember he had a herky jerky style. He yeah. had you know yeah. had very awkward movements and wild angles and stuff. Right. But the minute he faced a technical striker, yeah, he got whooped. He got caught, yeah. He yeah. got he didn't get caught. He started getting caught every time. Yeah he got, and and of course Vandere silva put the icing on the cake when he <laughs> when he fought kid jardine he knocked him out in like some 30 seconds in the most brutal fashion right ever and um it, it's just it's just you know we see the same thing. Tony was crazy but a technical striker like justin gagechi made him pay for it so badly oh man that was that, that fight has taken a few years off his life absolutely and i feel that you know fights fights like agechi versus uh, ferguson are pretty much permanent damage fights i mean i mean even kechi was like he's like my hands are broken hitting you yeah because yeah. it's just his toughness is he's just so tough like he will grimace he will whine he will cry but he never tap yeah and i think yeah. there's a i mean charles oliver I had him in that armbar which would have made everybody and the world tap yeah but tony survived but then look at for the rest of the fight and the rest of the next 6 months his leg hand was dead yeah yeah he couldn't use that arm and he got dominated Man, Same thing crazy. we saw against him. His leg, his knee got torn. He couldn't move his left leg, uh, and then after that, he got dominated. Man, that's crazy. That is so. That's so crazy. In fact, in fact, just just this morning, I saw uh, Tony Ferguson's uh, Instagram account, and you know there was this photo of a cross, you know, and Jesus was on it, hmm. and just below it, there was somebody giving. Know Jesus in an armbar, and it said Jesus <laughs> didn't tap. So I don't know if he's comparing himself to Jesus or what. <laughs> but you know, say but that's what you want. For you. Th- that, that's <laughs> Tony for you, man. That's he's a character, and we wish him very, very well. And I think just to cap off the card was another Brazilian. It was the fight of the night, and it was so good to see him in rare vintage form. Because oh man, when he's on, there are very few human beings in the world that can step up to him. This yeah. guy we're talking about is Edson Barboza and he took on a very very tough contender in uh, Shane Burgos. Yes. Who's a yes. stud himself. He's so tough, so durable, but he's you know even two people and you know that, that's it was such an old school fight because oh, none yes. of them decided to back down. There was a point where where it's it's you know you look at the replays and you see there's his Edson sh- Barbosa's right shin had split. Yeah, yeah. It had split and was bleeding all over the place and he was still kicking with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's so, you know, it's so funny that these Brazilians have a completely different way of functioning, you know. It's like it's like being on a different planet altogether. You know, Bar- you know, Barbosa used to compete in the lightweight division earlier and he didn't have yeah. a good skid there and when he dropped down, you know, to but he, was he, faced, he was doing fine till he faced, he was doing fine till he faced Khabib. Khabib, yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, but a lot of people change after facing Khabib, after facing Jones. Hmm. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't stay the, they don't, they don't mentally stay the same. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, so Barbosa, when he came back down, uh, you know, he had an absolute, you know, Great, great, great career from there on. And according to him, it's still 3 0. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still poor, 3 0. <laughs> well, well, poor Danny. <laughs> poor Danny. I, I mean, but still, but even, I mean, when your boss says it at the press conference, like, this yeah. is the man that won. It's that same line from Rocky where he's there. I don't care what them judges said. This is the man that won the fight. Oh, man, man. I remember that. <laughs> you know what? Judging, judging on UFC 262 was so, no, so, off. It was so off. It was so horrible. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you know, people talk, we, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You we know, just, but we, but we just wanted to say, you know, it's Barboza is, is how old is Barboza now? He's what? 35, 36 himself, right? Yeah. 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 Is Barbosa, I think 34, 35. Yeah. Psh, he looks like a, he looks like a God though. His yeah. abs have abs. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's literally like most MMA fighters don't want to take their shirts off in front of Barboza. Yeah. Most MMA guys, <laughs> let alone the arm Janta like us. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's just his, his you know, it, it, a lot of people say like when you age, you know, you start losing your rhythm, you start losing this, you start losing that. Yeah. But I think guys like Barboza and, and Oliveira and Silva and all these guys were cu- cut from a very different cloth. It's that they yes. were forged in the fires of shooter box? Yes. And that... I think that the, the, because of the fact that they go so hard in the sparring and right. the, and and not just sparring, I think it's also mental conditioning. Well, you know, I mean, you know, there was there was there was one time where most of the champions in the UFC were all Brazilians. Yeah, man, those were and the good days. Yeah and and if you see you know like from from aldo from aldo at uh, at 135 all the way to verdum at oh, 145 weight. 15 featherweight aldo was at featherweight one sorry so, uh, sorry like one like 145 all the uh, way to verdum you know there were always these champions that i mean there were always two or three brazilian champions at any given point of time and remember it was it was was aldo track. i remember aldo um um silva silva uh, machida uh, junior dos santos were all at one time yeah. together the champs yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy and you know if you if you do a profile check on these guys they all have the similar oh profile shit. henan of- barau at bantam Beat as well H- henan barau H- 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 was there you know so these guys all have the same story you know it's all poverty driven don't have money working in a farm playing football but man when these guys come on the big show They prove what they're made of. You know, it's not, you know, it's not about, you know, having multivitamins at 11 a.m. and fish oil at 4 p.m. You know, they don't even care. You know, they probably didn't have food to eat. No, they didn't. They they have the heart. They have, they have the grit. They have the guts. They have the courage to step up to competition and say, killed or get killed. It's true, and you know, and I love that attitude of the Brazilians, and honestly, nobody can take it out of them. They are just so gritty and so tough that man, you know, I just I just want to get those days back or you know <laughs> or something, something. I don't know. yeah, you know? I, you know, speaking of those days, when we come back after a quick commercial break, we've got a lot more stories coming up, and especially some of the stories from both Somesh and my past. With regards to uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about today, only on episode 12 of The Fighting Goat. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome to episode 12 of The Fighting Goat. Where chips and camera break this down for you, we're just having a general conversation here. No round yeah. one, no round two, we're just going Aray. with the flow. Will... Ho hai. I mean, there's a cyclone <laughs> going on, it's got it's, you know, this is also one more thing I love. I love about you know being in Bombay, Oh, it's not just a Bombay thing, it's an Indian thing. Yeah, it's you know, it's the minute uh, everybody bitches and moans about the rains after one week, you know, yeah, but the first rain that hits. It's you know the temperature drops from 400 degrees to something like 26 <laughs> degrees, and and then the it becomes windier and the skies become yeah. grey. And my neighbor yeah. is making pakodas <laughs> and chai. I can smell it, and I've never <laughs> spoken to him, but I I want to make friendship today <laughs> just for the food. And it's just it's just a it's just a reminder that and and you see the kids playing downstairs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and it's just a reminder that no matter how shitty and bleak life is. It's the small things in life that actually can make us happy. Absolutely correct. In fact, you know, we're going through such a tough time. But as Chips rightly said, if you look at the smaller things in life, I think we can get happiness from every little situation out there. And yeah, you know, speaking of pakodas and chai, the reason why you don't have Abs on abs <laughs> is because you make friendship with such people. I know what to do here. <laughs> yeah. I mean now, Edson Barboza Pocodal Chai khata nahi hai, now, we kya karega. But it's <laughs> it's you know, we 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 uh it's such a funny thing, like MMA fans everywhere. Yeah, it, you know, it's when you watch fights, it's associated with with you know beers and alcohol and wings and this and that. And don't get me wrong, I'll be the first person to drink. Yeah, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But it's just as also, you know, that's 7:30 in the morning card when it reaches, yeah. it plays on Sony. Is that perfect time for some good nashta in India? Exactly. It's exactly. Like, I remember I called up, I, I ordered like some nice masala dosa <laughs> one in Italy. Some I made some I made some great chai and I sat down and I watched the fights. Oh man, that you know, see, you know, most people in India actually complain that, you know, why the cards don't come in the evening? We should be at hard rock cafe washing a bit no, beer. That's also true. That's also true. I would love to see it at night as well. You know, I was like, listen, you know, you anyways are going out on a Saturday. Why Mm -hmm. not start a Sunday with some good fight, some good Nashta and some good chai? Why not? It's, it's a different thing. I mean, it's a different perspective of life it is it is i mean you know it's but it's also a function of getting older somesh <laughs> come on man in my mid 20s when i started watching points, i would be like screw this and <laughs> but it's 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 a, it's 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 just one of those it's, you can notice you know if you notice the the timbre of our voices we're a little calmer we're a little more relaxed today yeah yeah the Temperature has <laughs> dropped we're not so hyper we're not <laughs> we're not dying of the garmi so it's it's a, it's a relatively a good day but what are we like we spoke uh, before the commercial break we were talking about you know it's about that mentality it's it's you know yeah. it's about calming down about staying calm and how important it it translates to in terms of um, in fighting i mean we saw somebody who is you know normally so calm and So, normally, so ready in those situations, Chandler was may have got may have may have gotten a little overexcited in that first round and made some mistakes that well that he true. will that he that only he will punish himself for. According to me, it was not a mistake, it was it happens, it is the most common thing that happens in fights. Very true, very true. And then, on the other hand, uh, where you see some fighters that have just cannot get back to the mindset that they were, like Tony Ferguson. I mean, like that Tony man, Wilson. yeah. That man went on one of the biggest runs, taking out a murderer's row in that yep. division. Yep. I mean, to yep. do that to, to, you know, to the kind of fighters that he's faced is, is unreal. And for him to go from, I mean, we saw the stats, Somish. I mean, it's, I'm, I don't mean to come back to it. It's just something at the top of my head because yeah. he threw 15 strikes Got out it. of which 10 were on the ground. Correct. See, but you know, chips, what happens that, you know, uh, if you, if you, if you speak of both these fighters, you know, if you speak of somebody like a Tony Ferguson, whose 12 fight win streak is only behind Khabib's 13 fight win streak in the UFC, Mm -hmm. the the kind of fighters that Tony has fought are the killers of the killers. Yeah, man. You know, they're all murderers. They're all assassins. They are top of the line guys. And I was like, man, you know, see, like Tony Ferguson six fight of the nights you know one one ko of the night he's got three performance bonuses but hmm. if you look at someone like dariush you know who's 32 years old now his seven fight win streak is like Doesn't you know that dariush sound like dhanush uh yeah yeah he does <laughs> <laughs> you know let's not go there we've already going to get our asses kicked yeah benil dariush is an awesome guy uh, and they just yeah, fully you it do it out, know guys. you do know that uh, dhanush's father in law is the great Rajnikanth. <laughs> so we should not mess around with that. No, 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 no jokes. No jokes on the names, not even yeah. you know, being called Bunty and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, like someone like Darius who uh, technically is on a seven fight win streak has won mm-hmm. versus, you know, Diego Ferreira, Diego Moses, Drew Dauber, Drakkar Klose, you know, and, and that they are in spectacular fashion. You know, they are nowhere close to who Tony Ferguson has beaten. But, you know, in any sportsman's life, motivation, dedication, these things need to come naturally. You know, And after a while, you know, be it cricket, football, basketball, or MMA guys just lose motivation. You know, they think they are mentally there, but honestly, once the cage door closes, you know, things, things just change. The The motor doesn't go off and we're seeing that with people like Tony Ferguson, we're seeing it with, uh, you know, like, uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, we're seeing the fact that they just switch off and you know, you it's know, not, it's not their fault. No, see, you know, uh, do you know? Do you remember um, the before before Khabib and Frankie Edgar? Yeah. The the longest reigning uh, lightweight champion was BJ Penn. Yeah. And BJ Penn had the same problem. He had a yeah. problem of motivation. Yeah. The the talent and the skills were already there. I mean, yeah. To yeah. For someone to be a ADCC champion in three years is unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. And and for him to. To be a grandmaster of the ADCC in three years is just a special skill to have in terms of grappling. Very true. And somebody like BJ Penn, who had naturally good boxing, great hands, great speed, versatility, wildness, craziness. And he fell off the blocks a little bit. I think after that GSP fight, he kind of, you know, he quit for a bit. Right. And he... And, and this is what I remember I hear seeing an interview. He's like, I just needed to change everything in my life. From right. the way I eat to the way I sleep to the way I did things to my training schedules, to my life, to everything. But you know, Chips, that's that's such a, it's such a bitter pill to swallow because, you know, once you have reached the pinnacle of your career and if someone tells you that you need to change, somehow you're like, oh, you know, but I've but been why not, the dear. best. But, um, but why not? Hang on, hang on. So the BJ <laughs> Penn went to Marv Marinovich who yeah. was a very different kind of trainer. He trained yeah. NFL guys. Yeah. And yeah. he found that one hole in his in his training. And then you saw what happened when he came back and took on Kenny Florian and Diego Sanchez. Yeah. He destroyed them, dude. He Got looked it. like the BJ Penn of old. It's Got like it. the same thing Max Holloway did. He changed up his training. He didn't spar anymore. Right. He did something. And... I don't know. I think that did not translate to Tony this time. He went to one of the best boxing coaches in the world, but we couldn't see even a little bit of it. Correct. correct. So, I just, I just think it's a matter of mindset. And you know, one, once the mind is switched off, it's very difficult to get, your in way, box, you're right, you're right, you know, you're right. so, you know, while the training videos may look good. And I think in the pre-fight uh, press con, I mean, Tony was just going off and we all spoke about it. We said, you know, okay. He's putting all his eggs in one basket. And if this does not translate to a victory, man, it's the end of the boogeyman. And pretty much that's what we saw. You remember talking to uh, Mr. Ashton, doctor on the habit coach about, you know, tendencies and habits in general. Yeah. And how important it is that we change up our routines correct stuff. Just to keep our minds different. Of course, I'm not talking, you know, we're not even comparing with Mm -hmm. pro athletes because these guys are on a different level of pressure at the end of the day. Right, but I think I think a lot of MMA fighters. Like look at Jones; he's taken two three years off now. Yeah, and even Conor, when he took those two years off, and he came on and took on Cerrone. Yeah, you look at the difference it made. Very it true. made a huge Very difference. True. GSP took four years off, came back and won against Bisping. Right, he won the belt against Bisping. Maybe for such high successful, see, it's like what GSP said a long time ago. You know, to function like a sports car function like a Formula 1 car, I have to also have Formula 1 elements in me. Correct. If I don't find that happening, then I'm not going to race anymore. Absolutely. But see, you know, it all, I mean, I absolutely agree with that. But, you know, there are some fighters who've been <clears throat> fighting for such a long time that do not have very high fight purses. Maybe they cannot take that time off. Precisely why the element of marketing That's and a true. good agent and a good, you know, PR uh, uh, uh person comes into the picture because see someone like Jones who earns million two million three million per fight he can easily take a few years off because he has that financial backing with him. But, but why but, not go to a different like look at what Robbie Lawler did, man? Robbie Lawler went to a different organization. Yeah, he fought. He he went to he went somewhere else and fought for a few years. Yeah, and when he came back to the UFC, he had come back rejuvenated. Very true. He Very looked like true. an animal when he came back and he went on a tear and became the champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I he mean, was, he was just, a superstar. You know, it's just its just a matter of having good people around you that can think for you and not for themselves. Like for example, you know, the perfect example is with Diego Sanchez. What, you know, what happened with his coach, Joshua Fabia. And, you sad. it's just messed and, up. And after that, having, you know, like, like those videos put out on YouTube of him crying and, you know, that that upside down training that was happening and that's complete bullshit, you know, which, I, and, and which the whole MMA community has come out and said is a bag of crap. Well, yeah. And in fact, Diego Sanchez, just, I think a few days back has released a statement where he said he left a few family members for Joshua. Yeah. You yeah, know, And he's like, you know, I think I'm on the right path and this and that, but it is so scary, you know, when the entire world is seeing you go down the drain, but you think that no, I'm making the perfect call. I think you need some different kind of help out here. You know, before we wrap up our uh, series for tonight, before we wrap up our episode, I wanted to just, um, you know, compare the mindset of, of fighters to another sport, which is grueling. Yeah. I would say in a similar bracket, because we've heard a lot of stuff in the news about it also, is there was an era, there was a time where the World Wrestling Federation had a lot of issues Oh, with yes. their own fighters, with their own entertainers, going through a lot of mental issues. Yes. With, uh, you know, because of the trauma of the beatings and we heard the horror stories of Chris Benoit oh, and, and so many fighters, so many people, you know, going through that stuff do you somewhere see a similarity in some of the fighters' patterns? Um, You know, the biggest example is Diego Sanchez. And then if you look at the past, is where you you had guys like uh, um, War Machine, who fought long back, Melvin Gillard. You know, a bunch of the, um, I would say the older school fighters, where they've gone a little crazy. Mm. Uh, I think it's, you feel somewhere that it's, like the WWE after that, introduced they introduced psychologists yeah and 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 counseling for these guys well uh what i mean uh, i'm not i'm not an expert at that but what i but what i do know is that a lot of uh wwe stars they uh, consume certain substances that do not work well for the mental well being yeah. and you know eventually after a certain point of time when you have hormonal imbalances, you don't think straight. And True. there are certain actions that you do, which cannot be reversed, which is very, very sad. But that is the nature of the sport. Now, similar in uh, MMA. Yes, you know, you cannot take any banned substance. But, you know, when you're constantly getting hit on the head, it does affect you at a very, very severe level. You know, I mean, look at some boxers, guys who've been in the war. No, boxers... But the guys who have been in wars, like guys like Chris Lieben, guys like yeah. Diego Sanchez, guys mm. like, it, it's, I, I can't, it's its not coming to me at the top of my head, but for, guys like Forrest Griffin walked away from the sport. Yeah. Before yeah. that went wrong. Yeah. Guys like uh, Stefan Bonner walked away from the sport before, because these guys put on, you know, it's very, you, you know, uh, it's such a sad thing. I, I'll, I'll share this story with you quickly because, and this is, I'm not even kidding about this. And I'm, I'm probably sure he doesn't remember it. I remember when I met Phil Barone in Bombay. Yeah. And uh, we were out uh, in a club, we were, had finished the event and we were all together partying and had dinner and all that. And um, after a point, Phil didn't know where he was for a second. And he's oh, like, yeah. can you make, can you drop me back to my hotel room? And I said, of course, like, come on, it's Phil Barone. Yeah. And then he became normal again. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think it's that damage. It, it, is. From, you it know, is because he forgot where he was for a second. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, it does happen because, and he so, wasn't even drinking that night. Yeah, he wasn't drinking. He was sober. <laughs> like it happens to me. I agree. I love playing. But yeah, you know. So these things. Uh, it's a sad story, though. It's it's not a fun thing story at all. I mean, it know, sucks. You know, it's a part of the sport. Now, each each professional sport has a lot of, you know, backlogs when it comes to. Uh, you know physical health like you know beat it, beat it cricket or beat football you know you always have your knees damaged your ankles mm-hmm. are damaged you know your hips are damaged you dude, know nFL so man the you know and and this is all because professional sports requires you to be at the highest level twenty four hours a day for ten years of your career minimum right, you know? minimum and it's not it's not easy it's not easy being in this game like you know i mean if you go if you go to any you know physiotherapist they will always see that a professional athlete is imbalanced because they have a strong side and they have a weak side. And, you know, it's just, it's just the way this industry works and see competition is so high and increasing by each year. Everybody wants to be the best. So honestly, the human body and science are just pushing these guys to be the best at all times throughout their career. And man, it's a bitter pill to swallow, but you know, this is the harsh truth of life. It's true. It's true. You know, and, you know, we will, this is not the only time that we're going to talk about it is, you know, we're going to bring on some experts like Ashdin doctor to come and talk about, you know, how, you know, these things can come in and we're going to, we're going to get in some specialists to come and talk about this because this is a really serious issue. And we always worry about, you know, you know, fighter safety is everything. And as compared to boxing, mixed martial arts has had a lot fewer incidents of this but I wouldn't say that they're not there maybe they're just not being published maybe they're manifesting itself in different ways and you know so we're we're definitely going to revisit this but we're going to take a quick commercial break now and we're going to come back with our final bit where we discuss the upcoming fight card stay tuned Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode twelve of the Fighting Goat. The team, Fighting Goats. Team like Chips, Energy, <laughs> <laughs> and all, you know. Team Chips <laughs> and Team Kamra are having a general conversation. We are going with the flow for this one, and we are yeah. going to be speaking on the next event, which is Cody Garbrandt, the former Bantamweight champion, oh, who, against- who, who takes on Rob Font. Rob Font, man, Cody Garbrandt, Shit. I mean, when you go, you talk about characters man, uh, in the UFC and, and guys who literally, he's another candidate. You know what we were talking about mm. in our earlier segment, he's another candidate. Right. Of guys who just give it their all. And, right. and someone who also took time off to figure out exactly how, you know, how he wants to live his life, how he exactly. wants to do things. Exactly. And we saw it in his last fight he came back with a blistering knockout oh man that the skills amazing. are still there it's just the mind was gone for a bit you know you know Cody Cody is that uh, it's is that typical old school fighter who just comes there to bang you know he's not i mean he's not there to take you down and score points and this and that no, he's no. just uh-huh. there to bang and man what he did to dominic cruz to get that belt was that. once in a lifetime performance i just love that man i can't wait to see these two but yeah the other fight what i would like to speak about is the fight between Jack Hermanson and oh. Edmund Shabizen. Oh man, that was, was a- supposed to happen last week. It was supposed to happen on UFC 262. But oh, okay. it got pushed because uh, Hermanson's corner had got COVID. And it is right now on the following fight card, which is uh, UFC Fight Night. So mm-hmm. man, Jack Hermanson and Edmund Shabizen in the middleweight division. That's going to be fun. That's it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. A lot of it's it's just a fun time, you know. For those, you know, it's so hard to pick the right divisions. But I would say lightweight, one of the toughest divisions. Uh, hats off to Charles Oliveira. Yeah. What a performance he's done! Mm-hmm. Uh, what a performance he's had. Barbosa is on the rise again at at bantamweight. Yeah, I can't wait for him to come back. And I, 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 there are such great matchups everywhere, you know. Yeah. And That's- then you've got India being represented. By guys like by, by Ritu Fogat, Roshan Menam, Gurudarshan Mangat mm-hmm. and Arjun Singh Bullar. Congratulations Bullard. to him, brother. You've done it. You are the heavyweight champion at 1FC. It was incredible. Yep. So, amazing chips. fight cards. You want to speak on Jack Hermanson and Edwin Chabaz? who's your pick for this oh, one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to it. <laughs> oh, we're back to it? All right. Come on. We're back. Okay. I'm going to go with Hermanson. I'm going to go ah. with Hermanson. Okay, great. Super. That's a great pick. Jack Hermanson. I'm going to go for Jack Hermanson. So team chips, team camera on the same boat All right. for the change. And for yeah. the main event in the Bantamweight division, Rob Font and Cody Garbrandt. I'm going with my boy, Cody. I oh, mean, man. Rob Font is hard. He's a tough, tough SOB. But I have to go with Cody, man. I love Cody. For, win, lose or draw. He's, he's always going to be my favorite. Like he brings the heat on. He brings the heat and how. Mm. But now <laughs> he's become a calculated heat. So that's yeah good. yeah. But uh but yeah, he can still be goaded into a fist fight, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm gonna be in the same boat as well. I'm gonna All be right. going with team Cody. So I think, let's see, time, let's see. Maybe Cyrus Brocha will finally get to hit us now when the studio opens up again. <laughs> There's a lot of backlog because <laughs> there 2-3 fights in at again. So, <laughs> oh, well, I think, I think Cyrus has to hit us like some 40 times by now because we've been on the same boat and wrong <laughs> so many times. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, we've made our picks. So guys, do not forget to tag us, hashtag us. Come find us on social media. For me on Instagram, I'm Arjun underscore on Twitter, I'm at Mystic Chippal. Go, Somesh. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Somesh.kamra. And on Twitter, I'm Somesh underscore kamra. Do make your prediction. Tag us. Hashtag us. Also tag IBM Podcast on all platforms and get a chance to win some exciting yeah. merchandise. Exciting merchandise. A chance to hang out with us. Maybe a chance... For a shout out and for you guys to even be on the show with us yes. as one of the fans. Yes. You've got a great chance to do that. So don't forget, stay tuned. We're available in every platform www.ivnpodcast.com. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple, wherever, and whatever your choice is. So don't forget to tune into The Fighting Goat. And apart from that, a lot, a lot of other great shows only on IVNpodcast.com. This is Mystic Chip and The Superhuman Camera saying sayonara and see you soon.